Genesis. I said chapter 1. It's Genesis chapter 2. This is Labor Day, and the idea behind Labor Day is to get a little break, and that's always good. It's good to have some time to rest. But I want to see what the, a few things that the Bible says about work. So Genesis chapter 2, and look at verse 5. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew, For the Lord had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. So what did God do? He he created the earth. He created trees. He created trees that would actually produce seed that would produce other trees. Laura, we were driving home from Michigan this past week. We had been sojourning in Egypt, and we were coming back to the promised land. So we we uh, we were driving back, and... She was commenting on the pine trees along the highway and how the pine tree grows just like the pine cone. And it it, it looks the same as the pine cone. And I commented, that's why it's really important that you plant plant that pine cone up and down straight. Otherwise, you have trees that... No. No, doesn't work that way. But anyway, God created these trees that had seeds in them and those trees could can grow and and reproduce. But as far as crops, those things in the field, God intended there to be a man to do that work. Look at verse 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And then God says in the next verse, and the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. So God's intention from the beginning was for man to work so that he would have food to eat. Sometimes we have the idea that work is a part of the curse. It's not. Now, after the fall, they had, you know, the weeds and the thistles and and the work became more difficult, but it has always been God's intention for us to work so that we can eat. Look at second Thessalonians. Chapter 3, look at verse 10, 2 Thessalonians 3 and verse 10. For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. If any would not work, neither should he eat. We have come to a strange place in our culture where people have the idea that it's Christians' responsibility to feed everybody. And just me saying what I just said, just me making the statement that I just made out loud makes people uncomfortable. Because here's, the, here's, here's what people say, aren't you loving? Well, of course I'm loving. And that love for people that's based on the word of God means the best way for me to help someone is to get them in line with God's word. So look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13.
Look at verse 3. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. So by definition, giving your goods to feed the poor is not charity. And of course, we've studied this before, that charity is the giving of yourself. And that can include you giving money to the poor or giving money to the church or being generous to people financially. Charity can include that, but charity is primarily you giving yourself completely. And it's the, it's the pinnacle of the Christian disciplines, that concept of charity. But this weird social gospel concept that it is our responsibility to feed people who don't want to work, that is in direct contradiction to the Bible. Let's go back to that, to that Second Thessalonians chapter 3. I think it's time to get a new Bible when things keep falling out of this one. Second Thessalonians chapter 3. And let's look at that verse again. Verse 10, for even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. So a while back, someone called the church and Laura answered and the lady said, do you all pay electric bills? And Laura said, we pay ours. And it's interesting. When you talk with people that way in this culture, very offensive as a Christian. And when people come through looking for food, they're, they're driving through. We had a lady a while back and she wanted food. So we had the food pantry downstairs. I walked her down, had the canned goods. She said, I don't want any of that. Pulled out her cigarettes, pulled out her cell phone and walked out and got into her Cadillac and drove away. I promise you, that is a true story. This, it's such a weird world that we live in that people have this idea that it's the church's responsibility to feed people who don't want to work when the Bible expressly states in declarative statements, if any would not work, neither should he eat. How many of you have seen Help Wanted signs? It's so funny, man. The other day I saw somebody out begging in front of a help wanted sign. Now, honestly, there's probably a drug situation, so they couldn't pass a drug test in order to be hired. And there really do need to be second chance programs for people like that. Amen? Somebody messes up with drugs, that's not the, that's not the end of their opportunity to work. It's very difficult to get a job. You're going to have to start at a certain level and work your way up so that you can have an income that you would enjoy having. But there's a penalty for that kind of behavior in our culture. You, know, you don't want someone building your car that you don't know whether or not they have their faculties. Amen? Doug Schmidt-Meyer notwithstanding. It's a, it's a serious problem. We have employers here in the church, and it's very difficult to even find people who can pass a drug test for certain levels of work. So I understand that there are reasons why some people can't get jobs because of uh, different activities that they've had in their past. 
And, and we, we believe 100% in the grace of God to change that person and to, to help that person. But I will never help that person by simply providing for them rather than teaching them how to provide for themselves. Now, in the meantime, they need to eat. But how many of you think that people are really starving to death in Shelby County, Ohio? Not happening. So what we need to understand is that it is God's intention for men to work. It's good for us to work. I'll never forget working in my dad's shop. Dad was a church planter, but he always had a furniture repair shop. And that's how he paid the bills while he was starting the churches. And he had refinished this desk. And he had this drawer. He pulled this drawer out. And he was sanding the back of this drawer because there had been some stain on it. And I said, Dad, why are you spending time on that? No one will ever see it. And he said, I'll know it's there. Was Dad going to get paid because he fixed the back of that drawer? He was self-employed. No. But there's glory in doing a good job. In doing something that no one will ever see. We've all experienced the other side of it. You, you buy a house and you have to get into a wall or something, and they had built it completely wrong. We've all experienced that kind of thing. Isn't it better when you get into a house and you find out, man, this guy, this guy built this thing to last. Man, whoever put the floor down in our kitchen, we had to tear up the floor because, of course, Laura had to have a different floor. If that guy had shown up while we were, we might have beaten him to death while we were trying to get that floor up. It's actually Roger Garber who laid this. He does such a great job. He laughed at us. He goes, you're not going to get that floor up. <laughs> he did a good job. There's glory in work. There's glory in doing work the right way. Amen. God intended for us to work. Now, praise God if you can retire. You work long enough, you work hard enough, you care for things well enough to get to the place where you can retire. There are certain jobs, I was talking with Brian George, you don't want to be 70 years old, you know, kicking indoors as a policeman. It's probably not the best career choice at that particular stage of life. But my job, I can do my job as long as God gives me mental ability and the, the capacity to speak, I can do what I'm doing, keep learning and growing, praise God. That's my, that's my desire. I really don't want to retire from preaching. Uh, I know preachers that they get to be 60 years old and they retire. And I feel like you don't really even have anything to say until you're 60. It, it takes a long time to develop enough wisdom to be able to speak. And, and this idea that you're done at that age, that makes no sense to me at all. Amen? There's glory in work. And young people, I want you to understand this. And especially you young men. Now, you know, I don't have any problem with women working outside the home. That's great. And sometimes it's necessary. The virtuous woman, it was necessary for her to do those things. Praise God for that. But ultimately, you guys, if you have a family, it's your responsibility to provide for your family. No one else's responsibility. It's not your mom. It's not your dad. It's not the government. It's not Bernie Sanders. It's not their responsibility to provide for your family. It's your responsibility to provide for your family. And you begin preparing for that by the work ethic that you have now. 
So work is work. There is glory in work for work's sake. It's an it's an it's a glorious thing. It's an honorable thing to have any kind of job that brings glory to God. Now, parents, let me balance that out. Sometimes parents want to install a work ethic in their children, and I'm for that. That's a good thing. But they have them get jobs that keep them out of church. There are minimum wage jobs everywhere you look. And to have your children, in order for them to learn a lesson, to have them out of church at the most vulnerable period of their lives... That makes no sense at all, because what you're doing is you are establishing a standard for your children. You're saying that this minimum wage job is more important than when the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. The Bible tells us to come together. And if you have your child begin their working career in a way that takes them out of church, folks, that is not wise at all. Are you all with me on this? And I'm just telling you, we grew up working. And when I would go to get my first jobs, I was old enough to go and get a job. We just told the folks, we can't work on Sunday. We can't work on Wednesday night. And we still got jobs. They will do that. They will hire you. And especially if you get your foot in the door, you're going to work better than any of the other kids. You're going to show up on time. You're going to have a good attitude. You're going to smile. Hopefully, you're not going to be smoking pot on the job. Amen. Well, you might, but the rest, we're praying because, you know, he's a blackbird. And what happens is you get a reputation to where they're happy to work around your work schedule. And then what they want to do is they want to hire other kids from our church. That kind of thing happens all the time. So parents, be very careful. Is work an honorable thing? Do our children need to learn how to work? Should that work take them out of church? Man, it's so important that we get that. And then look at Colossians chapter 3. Look at verse 22. Before, before we read that, I'll... Um, so... Next week, I'll be preaching in Oklahoma. I'll be preaching at, a, at Paul Gentry's church. You know, they had trouble a while back. He's asked me to come and encourage his church. And then I'm preaching a pastor's fellowship. And the theme of this pastor's fellowship is preaching. So it's teaching, challenging preachers on preaching. And, you know, we have the Ancient Baptist Journal here and the, the, the work that we do like that. And I'll have pastors that ask me, okay, how do you pastor a church and put out the literature and uh, just do all those things. How do you do all of that? Work. It's just, it's not, any, it's not any exceptional ability or giftedness, although God does give you ability and giftedness, but every pastor should be able to handle the word of God, to be able to speak and to do all of those things. So it's not any exceptional giftedness. It's just work. You have to be willing to do things. Dave Ramsey says, um, live like no one else so that you can live like no one else. 
And it's the same thing with any, any career. If you work like no one else in the plant, you'll do better than everyone else in the plant. That, that's simply the way that it is. And it's that way in ministry as well. And then look, look at this. Verse 22. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. Now, of course, we're not indentured servants in this economy that we live in. So the nearest relationship that we have to that is the, the employer-employee relationship. Let me just, as an aside, you young people, you'll hear that the Bible does not condemn slavery. And people criticize the scriptures for that. The people who criticize the scriptures for that simply don't understand the history of the world. It's a very ignorant position because in that period of time, there was no such thing as property ownership for the common man. And so you had two options, starve to death and beg or be an indentured servant to a landowner, to be a serf or a vassal under a lord. That, that was your only option. That was the economy of the world. This idea, I mentioned this recently, this idea of private property ownership is a United States thing. That's where it started. It's a very recent thing. And the reason we're the most wealthy country in the world is because of the equity that people have in their private property that they can take and invest in small businesses. And 70% of our businesses are small businesses. As I mentioned a while back, the average or the median household income in the United States is $60,000 a year. The median household income in Germany is $33,000 a year. The difference is it takes about 10 years to be able to get a home. Put in your name. And to be able to have equity in that home to be able to start a small business. So this idea of private property, it's really important. That's, you need to understand that's an American, that's a uniquely American thing. Praise God for that. Praise God for it. But let's go back to the passage. So since the, the employer-employee relationship is the closest thing we have to this servants and masters, servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for, you, for ye serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done, and there is no respect of persons. So that, there's no respect of persons. We, we're familiar with that verse, and we know that if you, if you do good, you'll get good. If you do wrong, you'll do wrong. Uh, you'll get wrong in return. What this passage is talking about is the way that you work. So the Bible makes it very clear. Um, were one of you guys working at a nursery this summer? Okay. Isaac, right? Got it right. So come here, Isaac. Look at this kid. I used to be good looking like this. So you worked at the nursery. You worked hard, right? The thing about working at that nursery, I bet they gave you some pretty grunt level work to do, didn't they? Moving some gravel, yeah, digging out old shrubs and bushes, and if there were things that were scratchy, you got to do that. It's fun, right? No. 
And it's interesting. Here's what happens. A kid like this, whose mom and dad would have a real problem with him not working hard, these businesses can't get enough of these kinds of kids. Right? It's really important to get this. What these people understand that the broader world doesn't understand is that work, that moving that gravel, you're doing it for the Lord. You're not doing it, is it Kay's Nursery? You're not doing it for Kay's Nursery. You're doing it for the Lord. And whether or not your employer ever, thank you, Isaac, whether or not your employer ever acknowledges the excellence of your work, that's not why you're doing it. You're doing it for the Lord. And what the Bible says, this is not talking about your work in the local church. This is talking about your work for your master. If you're doing it for the Lord, you're going to receive a reward from the Lord for the way that you do your job. How cool is that? Because I don't know about you guys, but I often feel like the people that I work for don't appreciate me. Just kidding. <laughs> I, I would say to Nathan, if I ever saw him how to work, read how to work for a jerk, you know, I, I'd know that that was a bummer because I'm the only boss that, that he had. Be honest with me. How many of you have ever had a job, and it might be even the one you have now, where you honestly don't feel like you're appreciated? for the work that you do. You're not doing it for that. You're not doing it for them. You're doing it for the Lord. Is he worthy of our labor? We understand he's worthy of our labor in the ministry, but is he worthy of our labor at the firehouse, at the factory, at the school, at the engineering firm? Is he worthy at the funeral? Do it good, man. Is he worthy of our labor in every one of those areas? Is he worthy of that? So tomorrow we have the day off. Tuesday you go back to work. What is your attitude as you go into that place? Your attitude needs to be, I have an opportunity to serve the Lord. I'm not doing this to please men. That where it says, with eye service... That's when, hey, get busy. The boss is coming. That's my, So, you know, I told you we worked in the shop. We'd goof off all day. We'd have work that we we're supposed to have done. All of a sudden, we found out dad's going to be there pretty soon. A lot of work got done in a short period of time when we should have been working that way the whole time. That's working with eye service. That's not the way that we're supposed to work. It's not the way that we're supposed to labor. Work is honorable in itself. If somebody won't work, neither should they eat. I can say this and it'll still be a short message. Anyone ever here, been, here ever been to an Indian reservation? Raise your hand if you've been to an Indian reservation. It's awesome, isn't it? Isn't it? It's, everyone wants to live on an Indian reservation. In the United States, now there's worse places in the world, but in the United States, that's probably the last place you would want to live. 
And it's not because the Indians are bad people, Native Americans. Uh, I don't know how to be political, whatever the word is. It's because when you put people in a place where they have no ownership, no citizenship, and you give them everything, they'd have a, they'd have a truck. I was talking with someone from the reservation. They'd have a semi come in full of pillows. And you just come and get a pillow. Next, you know, a week later, there'll be a semi comes in and there's windows. You just go unload the windows and take. And if you look at the little huts, they're all different building materials all over them. And they just come and businesses just dump stuff there and they come and take it. And there's no pride. It ruins people. That welfare society ruins people. It robs them of their dignity. It's a horrible thing. Alcoholism and immorality and molestations and every kind of evil that you can think of. And the common denominator that leads to all of it is a lack of meaningful work and private property ownership. So we need to understand that work in and of itself was intended by God before the fall to give man a purpose Secondly, if a man won't eat, I'm sorry, if a man won't work, neither should he eat. And when we violate that, we hurt people. We don't help them. Then number three, it's vital that we understand this, that the work we do is not for our boss. The work that we do is for our Lord, and it's worthy. Amen? And then I missed the one that's important for these guys. Don't get a job that keeps you out of church. While you're young or when you go into your career, don't choose a career that keeps you away from the Lord. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. God created you to serve him in the local church. Stay plugged in. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your word and the opportunity to preach it. Lord, we love you so much, and we're so thankful for the opportunity to open your word and study it.